I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude. Uh, I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and we've got a fun little special episode here as joined by a very special guest. He's the play-by-play radio broadcaster of the Fresno Grizzlies, the voice of the Grizzlies, the Rockies' low-A affiliate. Uh, it's one Stephen Rice. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to talk about Grizzlies baseball. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. How long have you been with the Grizzlies? Because I was kind of looking at your history. You've You've got a pretty storied history with the ball club. Yeah, so I've been with the team uh, since 2016. I started as an intern back in the day, uh, trying to get some school credit and fell in love with it. And they've continued to bring me back year after year. But first year now at the helm as the play-by-play broadcaster for the team. Awesome. So how, how's that been, breaking in and kind of being being the dude, being the voice of, uh, of the Grizzlies? It's been an absolute blessing. I am so fortunate that the organization gave me a chance to talk Fresno Grizzlies baseball to our fans. We have an amazing fan base with California and to be able to show our team, show what the city brings every single day. And on top of it too, we're winning. And, you know, to be able to be a part of something like that is so special. Yeah. And I can relate to that. <laughs> can you mentioned winning because in the minor leagues, I guess it's not the end all be all it's more about development but still it's nice to win and i've covered games called games where you know the it, where it hasn't been the best baseball yeah but being able to call an exciting team what has that been and how's that helped you in in your broadcasting with an exciting team like the grizzlies you know it's it's something that i've never really you know been a part of where a team just continues to win or play really good baseball and when you have a team that you know is going to put their best foot forward every single day it's always fun because, you know, oh, we might be down two runs in the seventh inning, but this team still has a chance. You know, a lot of teams, especially sometimes at the upper levels, you see a team fall behind five or six runs and they just kind of fall. And that's it. Our team, we know we have a chance every single time we go out on the diamond. And, you know, to be able to bring that love every single day, it's fun. And you never know what you're going to expect at the diamond every single day. So being a broadcaster, you know, every day is different. Every day is unique, but it's fun. And I think you know, when the team is winning, 
it makes it even more fun because I can bring the energy to our fans. And when things aren't going well too, my goal is to always keep the positive spin because I know that even if a game doesn't go as well, the next day we have a chance to win another ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. And even when you're having to do it a lot by yourself, calling solo games, you know, it's it's like Vince Scully out there trying to <laughs> fill up that it, time. No, absolutely. I mean, but the pitch clock helps. I mean, it oh, definitely... Yeah. I mean, there's some stories that never make it on the air because we have that pitch clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that's when we think of the pitch clock, because the pitch clock's been in the minors for a while now. And But as a broadcaster, we're having to see guys in the, the big league level had to adjust to that and on the radio. What's kind of that approach that you take with the speed of the game and we'll just kind of blend it into just the rules of the game now, what, you know, what you've think- noticed? I think the the craziest thing with the pitch clock, which we've now had it uh, since we were a AAA affiliate a couple of years ago, we've actually had the pitch clock longer than most of these teams have ever had. So we're actually used to it to the point now where it's kind of second nature to us. You don't really notice it as much. Um, but for me as a broadcaster, I didn't realize how much it affected my storytelling, but also the timing of everything. You know, my commercial breaks are, you know, two commercials, and then you're right back into it before you get going. So there's not a lot of time to breathe or even write down the former play in your book. And so for me, I think the hardest thing or the the thing that makes it so fascinating is you really have to tell the story and the play at the same time, but give a chance to the fans to understand that, hey, we're going quick. And if an inning is five pitches and it lasts 10 seconds versus an inning that might take 40 minutes, stay with it, have a good time with it. And you know, the pitch clock, the players are still getting used to it. But at the same time, too, we've taken advantage of it. I think that's one thing that our team does better than a lot of other teams in baseball is that the pitch clock is something that we can use to our advantage. Our pitchers can be quick about it and set the tempo for the rest of the game. And you'll notice a lot of teams, a lot of pitchers who are successful, they're using the pitch clock quickly and they're getting to their speed of the game and not allowing the team to get into their speed of the game on the offensive side. So it's really a cat and mouse game more than anything which, with the pitch clock. And to be honest, I am so happy it's there because <laughs> two and a half hours versus a three and a half hour game, it's very noticeable. Yeah, especially if you get into one of those slug fests that it should seem longer, but it still ends up two and a half hours. You're like, hey, this is pretty nice. I mean, we had a game yesterday. It was two hours and 10 minutes. And it was amazing when you get on the bus, you get back home and it's before midnight and you're like, wow, I actually get to sleep a little bit in my bed. This is going to be a great <laughs> night. So, yeah, And over the weekend, Todd Helton, Rockies legend, he endorsed the, the, uh, the pitch clock. So future hall of famer. I mean, I, mean, I, I still <laughs> laugh about that because back in the day when I first started with the Grizzlies, the pitch clock wasn't a thing. And I remember three and a half to four hour games was the norm. And now we're going two hours. I'm like, if we go to three and a half hours, I'm hating every second of my life. When it comes to that. <laughs> That's, but it's awesome, and I've liked that seeing through the minor leagues, just the implementation of the rules, and that it's finally bleeding up into the big league level. Because, especially as like when you work in a game, it's different as a fan. Fans, you no, know, they want more baseball. They, but when you're actually there working the game, calling it, you're like, man, I don't want to be here for four hours because it just kind of gets into a lull. Exactly. I mean, you want to keep your fans engaged. And if the game's going longer, sometimes you run out of stories, you run out of content that seems relevant towards the game. And, you know, yeah, there's some times where you're like, oh, man, I feel like the fans are going to get a little bit bored if the game goes a little bit longer. But when you have an exciting, you know, 10-8 game and it goes 230, I don't think you can go wrong with something like that. Yeah. 
perfect, perfect form of entertainment. Say the Batman is three hours, and that's my favorite movie right now. So, yeah, you can't go wrong with that at all. You go so. wrong there. <laughs> but it's awesome. And now I kind of want to talk about some of the the dudes on this team. Yeah, because there's a lot of talent on Absolutely. this team, and uh, this one's kind of a, a biased one that I want to ask about because we share the same name in Skylar Messenger. Oh and he's been a guy that I've been you know, trying to keep tabs on again, the namesake. And I don't of think course. there's ever been a big leaguer named Skyler. Yeah. So I'm rooting for him hard. Oh, absolutely. But w- what's it been like watching him and kind of his progression there with the Grizzlies? You know, when Skyler messenger, so in the off season, I put together a media guide of every guy that's going to join the Grizzlies. And I remember doing Skyler messengers page and I see the height, I see the weight, I see the body type. He went to Texas, went to Kansas. So he's played some with some big schools. He's faced some big schools. And I go, this guy was a 19th rounder. He's a little bit on the older side, but I'm like, he fits the mold of someone who should be really exciting to watch. Then he comes in and he does the things that, you know, everyone is supposed to do. Gets on base, a couple home runs here and there. And then he changes his batting stance. The coaching staff said, hey, let's make you more upright. And all of a sudden, Skyler Messenger becomes the dog that we all expected. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, he is one of the most exciting players, if not the most exciting player in the California League. Talk about a guy who has just amazing power. And every single game, I feel like I say this the same thing. He goes two for four, three for four, a home run, multiple RBIs, a couple runs scored. And that's just part of what his game is. And when you see the power and you see the fielding you go okay this guy's amazing but there's two other sides to the Skyler messenger that people don't see as much and the first one is the work ethic you know when you talk about these players especially the big league level you go how are these players so successful yeah they have the talent they have the physicality you know you can talk about the the ryan mcmahon's you can talk about the charlie blackman's who've been so successful over the years well you don't see their work ethic off the diamond and you talk to every single coaching staff member of the grizzlies and they say skyler messenger is the hardest working player in you know in the clubhouse in the weight room on the field he's getting better every single day playing multiple positions third base first base trying to get himself a better single player and on top of it he's a good guy you know there's one guy you know, when you, you you go into a classroom every single year and you have the guys that sit in the front of the classroom mm-hmm. and then you have the guys in the back. And I remember, you know, in college, a lot of our athletes would sit in the back of the classroom. Skyler Messenger is the front of the classroom kind of guy. He's at the front of the bus. He's the first guy to always listen to see what's going on. He's a yes, sir. Let me make sure I get this done kind of guy. And the attitude and how good he is as a person matches how he is as a player. And when you see that kind of success for him, you know that in the future, he's going to have a great career, you know, and I hope that his career continues to blossom once he leaves the Grizzlies. But for the time being, I'm selfish. I want to keep him as long as we can (laughs) for the postseason. And I hope he gets to the big leagues too, because not only is a good player, he's a good guy and he's also Colorado boy. So can you imagine playing for your hometown team that you grew up watching? Yeah. And we know the Rockies have that affinity for these kind of guys, especially in the pitching department right now. Yeah. But it, that's what I've enjoyed watching with his stats is this year is just kind of that sneaky good that yeah. oh, he's kind of flown under the radar. And it's cool to see, you know, hear that you know, they make an adjustment to help in his development. And now he's shooting up and it's kind of that dilemma. Yeah, you want him to stay there on your team. But the point of the is to get him up where it's of good course. when a guy moves on. But that's yeah. awesome to see that this year. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm so fortunate to have a guy like Skyler. I mean, when you're batting 280, your OPS is almost at 1,000. You are leading the league in RBI, and you're hitting a home run almost every other at-bat. I mean, every pitch he hits, every pitch he takes, it's it's unbelievable. There's a process to his approach at the plate, and he's scary fun to watch. And the funny thing, too, is when you see a guy with his – height his stature too you're like oh he might be intimidating he's a big teddy bear <laughs> you know and <laughs> it's it's funny too because a lot of the guys you know and they're off you know they're off days they're they're you know hanging out or enjoying times and Skyler is a guy who goes no I'm gonna go work out I'm gonna go get a lift in I'm gonna go play basketball and it's you know he's doing all these one-off little things to get himself better every single day and I think that's what makes him so much better as a ball player and you know when people say that baseball is life or ball is life he really does live by that mantra. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I'm right with you. I'd love to see him, you know, make some rapid progression. Like a lot of other guys we're seeing, you know, we, Jordan Beck, Sterling Thompson, some of those guys that have been recently drafted. Yeah. Jordan Beck and Sterling Thompson, when they were in Fresno for the time being, you saw the ability. I mean, when I saw Sterling Thompson, I saw a guy who can be a utility player at multiple spots. The power was going to come along. He's a good hitter from the left side of the plate too, but what I loved about him specifically is that he did all the little things correctly. And when you think about a big leaguer as a whole, you want a guy that can, you know, cross off the little things here and there. You want a guy who can run the base as well. You want a guy who can field multiple positions, but also on top of it too, shows off the power, shows off the bat ability. And then Jordan Beck, talk about a guy who has just natural power and natural pop. I mean, you don't see that from a guy like Jordan Beck, you just, you don't see that in the minor league level. And when both guys are getting drafted and they, they came through Fresno through like a hurricane, you know, and they went through and they did their thing and now they're up in their upper levels. And I hope that we will see them in a Rockies uniform very soon. Yeah. They're fitting that mold of those are guys that you can see joining the Rockies next year, Absolutely. Know, 2024 at some point or you know 2025 at the latest. So it's cool to see that there's, these position players that are just so exciting. That's the exciting thing as a Rockies fan right now, personally, is looking at the talent of guys and the new wave of the new generation of players across the league of these guys getting drafted. And they're, they're coming. They're coming you know, quick. It's, it's been three years now that we've been with the Rockies. And when I tell you that it's been the greatest affiliation we could have ever had with the Grizzlies, I, I am. It, it's just been amazing. I mean, from the coaching staff to the players, there's not – one moment where I'm like, wow, I'm working with a jerk guy or a guy that I don't really care to be around. The coaching staff has made the process so seamless from Steve Solis to our former manager, Robinson Cancel. They made my life 10 times easier. And now as a broadcaster, it makes it more fun because they give me more insight to these players that allow me to bring more to my broadcast. And on top of it too, they make it easier to work with with our front office. There's not a day that goes by where you know, we have a request for an interview with one of our players, one of our coaches. They're saying, you know what, let's go do it. They want, you know, our Latin players to be able to learn English. So speak interviews in English. Uh, Brian Bettencourt literally now translates interviews for us. And hmm. he didn't speak English at the beginning of the year. You know, it just shows where what these coaches are willing to help develop with these guys. And on top of it, these players are just amazing. No one has any idea how good the Rockies are going to be in five years. You think about this core development that they have. When I think about the amount of players that we've seen over the past three years that have come through Fresno, I cannot truly say that I think there's nine plus guys 
that could fill out a starting lineup for the Rockies in five years, and, and they'll be fine, bench players included. And you see it now with Ezekiel Tovar. You've seen Gavin Hollowell, Blair Calvo, a couple guys that have been with the Grizzlies over the past couple of years that have made it to the big leagues. But there's a wave of guys coming through. Hunter Goodman, Zach Veen, he'll be healthy. He'll be there soon. Yonkiel Fernandez, Adi Alamador, Dion Jorge. The list goes on and on of former Grizzlies that are going to make an impact to the Rockies in years. And I'm going to say this right now. The Rockies are going to win a World Series in a couple of years because of this young talent. And no one has any idea it's going to happen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing that we notice is, but part of it's staying healthy and freak injuries across the the organization this year. Absolutely, yeah. But that's I'm kind of in that same sentiment where there's a lot more hope for Rockies fans looking to the future than there has been in years, yeah. and it's like these guys you've mentioned, nice, super athletic guys that are talented and can get the job done and when they have that camaraderie together of coming up together, that does a whole other thing too. And when you have Chris Forbes and Jesse Stender, who are two of the brightest young minds in baseball, and you have guys like Clint Hurdle or Todd Helton who are helping the development of these guys who have big league knowledge coming through. I mean, the the talent is unbelievable. You have a new hitting coordinator in Nick Wilson who was with us for two years. And when you talk about the young mind of Nick Wilson, these guys are talented and they're going to get better every single year. And as long as they can stay healthy, they're going to be fine. Yeah, Zach Bean, Adil Amador have been on the injured list, you know, the majority of this year. But we've seen the talent for what they've been able to do when they are healthy. The speed of Zach Bean. We saw the emergence of Yankeel Fernandez last year. And now, you know, showing off his, his arm skill to his bat at the Futures game. I mean, come on now. This team is so talented. And, you know, Hunter Goodman hitting grand slams up in AAA Albuquerque <laughs> right now. The guy's going to be in the big leagues next year. And when you see this talent going, Hunter Goodman was drafted just a couple of years ago, and he was the best power hitter in college baseball at Memphis, and somehow the Rockies stole him in the fourth round? Are you <laughs> kidding me? What? How did he slip to the fourth round? <laughs> yeah, they've shown that the the drafting and developing process, I think it's been really exciting, and that's something I'll as writers and critics and fans have kind of questioned, but we're seeing it now. I think the Rockies are in a good place developmentally. And I think the Fresno Grizzlies have been a big part of that, which is, you know, they have that infrastructure and just those building blocks, like you said, which has been awesome, awesome to see. Uh, and one of the change, one of the more recent guys that we've seen getting drafted that you know, has just joined the team recently in Cole Carrig. And yeah. Kyle Karras, but specifically Carrick, I want to talk about yeah. where 
he hasn't been there that long. He's already setting franchise records. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, you're 21 years old. You are getting drafted, and all of a sudden now you're in single A, and you're breaking a record that is 25 years within the Grizzlies <laughs> franchise history. It's so fun to watch the aggressiveness of Cole Carrick. And when he came through, you know, I read about he was a, you know, a three-position player guy. The defense is really good. He has a great arm. And, you know, they said he has a good bat as well, too. Well, he comes in, and he's aggressive. Swinging at the plate, he is not one to walk. He's going to find his pitch and swing out of his shoes when it comes down to it. And when he had his first triple uh, the other night, I said, okay, okay, he's got one triple. It's hard to get <laughs> two in a game. Then the third inning comes around, and he hits the ball again. I go, oh, my gosh, he's going to have two triples. Okay, he's tied the record. We haven't seen three in Grizzlies history, and I'm sitting there going, oh, there's no way he gets it. I mean, two, it's happened. We've had it a couple times this year. We've had a couple times last year. Okay, whatever. Eighth inning comes around, he hits the ball, and I go, oh, my gosh, he's about to break a record. And I'm sitting there going, I don't even know how to call this because it's never happened. So when you see him slide in the third base and you see all of a sudden you're like, wow, he just broke a record, and he's been here less than a week, it just shows the – the ability that he has at the dish. And what I think is so much fun about it too, was he did it in his hometown, born in Modesto, went to Turlock high school, being able to do it in front of the family and friends mm -hmm. is something that I know he'll never forget on top of it too. And yeah, he's in his first week and he's hit, has an OPS of 1604. And he, uh, you know, he has the batting average of almost at 600 and he's only been here for a week. And on top of it too, we've seen him at catcher once we've seen him at short twice in center field twice. He can play all three positions very, very well on the base pass. This guy is taking secondary leads that I would take in MLB the show, but would <laughs> never dare to take in real life. And he's taking it like it's nothing for him. And mm -hmm. it's unbelievable what he can do on those elements. And on top of it, too, he's 21 years old. I'm like, the Rockies, they're finding these steals that all of a sudden we're like, these guys are just talents. Unbelievable. And, you know, you look at the numbers he had at San Diego State. They were good. And, you know, you go, okay, he's going to be a ball player. And the guy's a dude. And he's just another great guy that we can add to the team at the end of the year that hopefully can help us get over the edge and bring a championship to Fresno. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's that whole batch of this season of the position. But it took a lot of pitchers. But the few position players they took, pretty exciting. You know, even Kyle Karos. You know, yeah. I mean, 6'5", 225, are you kidding me? I mean, this guy comes from a baseball background, of course, with his dad and his brother in the Dodgers system. And, you know, you see a guy like that who comes in and you can tell he has the big league um, mindset already. When you grow mm -hmm. up with a family who has big league, uh, you know, who played in the big leagues and has been around baseball for so long, you can tell that he was raised around that where he comes in and it's, I'm going to listen first. I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to do it right. And even though the numbers aren't great initially yet to start, he's scoring runs. He's doing all the little things correctly. And I like him at third. He has a very good glove. He understands the position. And I think long-term, he's another guy that the Rockies can just add to their list of really good ball players. And that's just a, a bit of the guys that they got this past year. I don't think that the Rockies fans realize that not only are these guys on the offensive side are good, but the the pitching staff that they got as well too. There's a plethora of guys that are going to be able to make differences for years to come that we haven't seen yet in you know single A, high A, so on and so forth that are going to make differences down the line. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are a bunch of guys that we're excited for. And I wanted to, d- to touch on pitching, uh, specifically one guy who's just been on fire this year, Michael Prosecchi. And tell us a little bit about him because he's one that's just kind of popped up on the radar this season. You know, Michael Prosecchi, when he was at Louisville, was a starter initially, got hurt. They moved him to the bullpen, and he was lights out as the closer at Louisville. So then when the Rockies drafted him in the sixth round, made sense. The numbers were outstanding at Louisville. And all of a sudden, he's in a rotation. And as I said, I you know I do a media guide every year, and I always try to guess the rotation and always try to guess that. And Prosecchi was a guy that I actually had put in my rotation despite him being a closer. And my coworkers were like, why would he be a starter if he was a closer? <laughs> and I go, if you just look at the his ability and his pitch ability, I was like, this guy is going to be a good middle to upper guy in a rotation at this level. And you watch him now here and watch his development over the over the couple months. It's been unbelievable. But the thing that Prosecchi does better than anybody else is he just does his job. He comes to the ballpark. He puts in the work, and he's a good dude on top of it, too. I'll say that over and over again with all these guys. Another good dude, but he puts in the work. He comes in. He understands what he needs to do. He keeps his body very healthy. He doesn't. He's one of the few guys that you don't hear, oh, I want to go get Taco Bell after the game. No, this is a guy <laughs> who comes in. He wants to put, you know, drinks water, make sure he puts the healthy nutrition into his system. He Make sure he goes through his treatments after a start, after a bullpen. He wants to talk to pitching coach Mark Brewer about how to get better, too. And the numbers have gone along with it. You know, he's not going to overpower you with a fastball. It's 92 to 94. He occasionally will hit 95, 96. But a couple good breaking balls. The curveball has a really good movement to a good bite to it. He throws strikes with all of his pitches. But I think what he understands, though, is when he gets into certain situations, most guys, if they get into a bases loaded situation, will kind of fall apart a little bit. They get a little bit upset. They'll go a little bit tired. Prosecchi, that's when he bears down. I mean, Grizzlies bears down. It works well <laughs> with one another. And he really understands when he needs to throw a certain sequence, when he needs to throw a certain pitch, and he delivers. And you can tell he's on the older side when it comes to the pitchers. And he understands what it takes to get to that next level. And to be honest, I don't know if he pitches at high next year. I think he's a guy that they could move to double if they really trust what he's capable of doing. I think down the line, he could be a middle to back-end starter for the Rockies. Yeah, and it's nice to see, you know, tall, lanky, a crafty lefty yeah, from, from what it sounds like. And, no, there's difference of you get those high-octane guys, guys that get drafted. Yeah. No, in college, they could just rely on pumping heat. But yeah. it's it's cool to see a guy like Prosecchio, he does he's not throwing 99 miles an hour on every fastball. Yeah. And so he's got to learn to pitch instead of, just he's a throwing pitcher. And he's not. A, he's not a thrower. He's a pitcher, and I. I think what's fun is over the past two months, you know, he has really shown what the development has become. I mean, the first couple of months he was good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he leads the California League in ERA. He's up there and wins with ten now on the season. But I think what the past two months has really shown, especially against good teams, is that he can pitch with anybody. He is willing to continue to learn to get his stuff better. Um, but I mean. When you take on like the California League South Division, he's four and one against them this year with a sub one ERA. Over the past two months, a sub one ERA. Every time he goes out, I know that we have a chance to win the game as long as we score at least three runs for him. <laughs> we're gonna win a game for him. And I think that's what's so fun. And when you know that your pitcher is gonna go out and put up those kind of numbers as an offense, you can kind of 
breathe a little bit and understand that you don't have to do as much in order to win this ball game. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the best thing a player, a pitcher can ever do is just give confidence to the team and to the fans in general that, Hey, when he's out there, we're a okay. Absolutely. But before we, we wrap up here, I just wanted to ask, uh, what, are there any other prospects that maybe no fans should be keeping an eye on that? Maybe they're not aware of right now or, or guys that you know, you think have a, a bright future fans should be keeping notice on. Brian Bettencourt is the number one guy I think that people don't realize is going to be a stud for the future. Brian Bettencourt is 19 years old. He is in his first season stateside. He last year was in the DSL, had 11 homers. Um, his home runs to at-bats numbers were off the charts. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, this guy's going to be a power guy. But now he's coming over and now going to single-A baseball in his first year stateside. And he's taken his his leggings a little bit and he's adjusted very well and over the past month you've seen brian benicourt become his own hitter you have you know he only has now two home runs after his home run uh just the other night but on top of it too you've seen a guy who's been able to find what his swing is find what his approach is at the plate and he's worked well with our hitting coach trevor burmeister on just going through the tough stretches and Benincourt has become a line drive hitter to all parts of the park. He has become a strong hitter at the dish in terms of understanding how his body type is, understanding the swing path of where he needs to hit a ball at what time when it comes down to it. He's lowered his strikeout numbers, which has been unbelievable too. And I think that's there's one thing that I've enjoyed about Brian Benincourt is that at the beginning of the year on an inside pitch, he's been kind of, dancing out of the way of the pitch and being kind of, I wouldn't say scared, but cautious on that inside pitch. Now he barrels that inside pitch for singles to doubles Mm -hmm. and he's having fun doing it too. And you can tell that he's learning when there's a smile on his face on top of it too. And on top of it, he's a good guy. And as I said, you know, a little bit early on in this, that he has learned how to speak English actually. And that was something that, you know, has been a big thing for the Rockies is having their Latin players learn how to speak English and having the uh, U.S. born players learn how to speak Spanish. And Benincourt has had guys like Cody Huff take him underneath his wing and learn how to speak another language. And Benincourt has not only become a better player, but he's also become a better teammate, understanding how to talk with guys, understanding what it takes to get the job done here and there. And for me, it's so fun to watch him. 19 years old he might have to spend another year with us to learn more of the power and stuff like that to adjust a little bit more but i think down the line he's a first baseman dh type that will catch a little bit behind the plate as well too but he has really learned how to play um, the game of baseball and again 19 years old he has such a bright future and he'll grow into his body a little bit more but i think a guy that down the line the rockies have a very good prospect coming through and you know we didn't touch on Dion Jorge but number seven prospect in the Rockies system the guy has done amazing things on the diamond too and he is fun to watch he has so much energy he cares about the team 20 years old too and another guy once he builds into his body he'll be he'll be just an outstanding ball player too and I think him and Amador and Ezekiel Tovar could be a very good group of infielders for the Rockies for the future. I mean, we can mix and match those guys. It'll be outstanding to watch. I mean, this team inside and out are just going to be so much fun to watch. And we're so grateful uh, here in Fresno to have this group of players. Um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate here in Fresno. 
Yeah, it's all, and it's been exciting to to follow their progress this season. And you know, <laughs> you're leading in the second half here for the fighting for the playoffs, and which is an exciting thing for a young group of guys. As a broadcaster, I'm sure it's absolutely, yeah, absolutely. a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, third straight season, hopefully that we'll get to the postseason, and hopefully this time we'll bring a championship to California. I know that Grizzlies fans have been nine at the bit to win a championship. And I know that Steve Solis has these guys ready to go. The, you know, we have a very big league mentality here in Fresno and, you know, we're so fortunate that we have the ballpark. We have the capabilities to bring in the measures for these guys to, you know, be able to help their development. And we're so grateful here in Fresno. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, last thing before I forget, what is your favorite alternate identity for the Grizzlies? Man, you know, I, I'm going to have to go with the Fresno tacos. I mean, <laughs> when I, so the, the quick little story that I'll give you, when I, the first day I ever worked for the Fresno Grizzlies, we went on the air, we had a 4 a.m. news hit with one of our local stations. And it was on a Tuesday. So we celebrated as the Fresno tacos on a Tuesday. And the first day I ever worked with the Fresno Grizzlies, I was wearing a Fresno tacos polo. <laughs> and when you start your career as a Fresno Tacos, you always have to go with that as your, you know, alternate. And we have purple sleeveless jerseys. Come on mm -hmm. now. If that's not more Rockies Grizzlies, I don't know what does. <laughs> taco truck throwdown happening in October this year. So hopefully you get a chance to come on down, eat some tacos too. And we're so grateful that we have not only the tacos, but the growers, the low riders de Fresno and more identities on top of it too. We're so grateful for all of it. Yeah. It's always awesome seeing on social media what what uniforms they're wearing when the things pop up or the the apple pickers, tacos, low riders, they're all great. We're we're loving every second of it. We're so grateful to have all the identities. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Stephen, as we come close here, again, appreciate you hopping on and talking with us. Uh get these insights about this team that you know a lot of fans we don't you know, get all those insights. We don't get to watch them every night or, oh, well, we can, but well, where, where can the people find you? I guess what promotion you can promote yeah, yourself, first, whatever. FresnoGrizzlies.com is, you know, where you can find all of about our news about what's going on with the team. Follow the Fresno Grizzlies at Fresno Grizzlies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But you can also follow me at RiceCakes20. Please feel free to shoot me a DM to ask me any questions about the Grizzlies baseball about the Rockies. I'm always willing to talk about it. And then of course, hopefully you guys can come tune in for a game, 18 games left in the regular season as we push towards the postseason. And it's, it's a blast. I'm so grateful to be a part of the Grizzlies, the Rockies organization. And I'm, I'm grateful. I got to jump on for with you, Skyler for today. Yeah, we appreciate it. And the best thing MLB TV did this year is include affiliate games in the, in the, even if it's just the game day audio subscription, you can get Fresno Grizzly ga Grizzly games and all the Rockies minor league affiliates that have games on, which has been awesome this season. So I've I've tuned in a couple of times when I remember. Well, tune in some more. We have some more fun baseball, and we're about to get back to the postseason, baby. That's awesome. This has been Skyler Timmons, Stephen Rice, the voice of the Fresno Grizzlies, the Rockies single A affiliate, has been joining me. This has been affected by altitude. You can find us on Twitter at affected or at Altitude Effect. You can also find us at Rocky, that's R-O-C-K-Y, M-T-N, Rooftop. And you can find me at Sideline underscore Crowd. And again, Stephen, it's been a pleasure. Good luck to you the rest of the way. 
Thank you. Keep that voice fresh. Keep having fun. That's the goal. And we'll we'll definitely have to have you around again sometime. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. All right. We'll see you next time here on Affected by Altitude. This has been Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast with Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. Catch new episodes every Monday on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to follow us on YouTube as well for video versions of the show.